The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Ellen Debenport. And welcome to Voices of Unity. I am Ellen Debenport. This is a show that invites different new thought leaders to share their wisdom and expertise to help you dive deep into spiritual topics. This is designed so you can discover new ideas and practices that will enhance your life. And by different new thought leaders, I mean a variety of people, although some of them are sort of different. Uh, I'm the MC for this show. We have, it's a little different format than some of the other shows. Our guests come and stay. They come and stay for weeks so that we can talk really in depth about whatever it is they've worked on, whatever their specialty is. These weeks we're talking to Reverend Carla McClellan, Coach Carla. She's a Unity Minister and a Life Coach. We are together again in the studio at Unity Tower. Thanks for being here. Love being here, Ellen. Thanks for having me. So we've um, we've been on this topic for several weeks. The series is called Designing Your Life, mm-hmm. and it's about how to create the life of your dreams. It's what she coaches people to do. We uh, we started talking about rekindling your dreams because some people think they don't have any. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, what our dreams or goals in life might be, how to figure out what they are. Carla also told us how to get rid of the monkey mind that will challenge our dreams and how to set intentions to start moving forward. Then we talked about powerful questions to ask yourself as you're going through this process And last week, it was the secret ingredients for a designer life. You'll have to go back and listen to that one to hear the secrets. It was October 30th, 2018. But we all know our experience of life boils down to how we think about it. I hate that. (laughs) And it's a message I've been getting over and over and over lately. And I have become embarrassingly aware of how my thoughts are creating my experience, and I can't blame anybody else. And I hate that. <laughs> so I think the point's going to be our thoughts are not always serving us. No, they're not all true. Take a deep breath. All of your thoughts are not true. Just like I don't think all of your thoughts are prayers, but oh. all of your thoughts are vibrations. Okay. Okay. So a prayer to me evokes an emotion that is a higher vibration than a curse. Mm-hmm. So I like to kind of stay with higher vibration because I feel like I'm happier, I'm healthier, I'm more open to what goes on in the world. You know, the hard part about being a, a spiritual being in a in a human universe that is ruled by spiritual laws is that um, we are responsible for what we are thinking. And so... To be awake and aware of what we're thinking is sort of the name of the game of life we're playing. Uh, New Thought was founded on this whole idea, principle number three, 
that your thoughts are things to your body and to your spirit and that we have control over our thoughts and that in order to change our life, we must change our thoughts. Isn't that fun? Back up a minute because I hear a lot thoughts are things. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Well, thoughts are energy. Okay, yeah. Okay. And the whole universe works according to flow of energy. Right. We're either in the flow or we're restricted by the flow or we're uh, rejecting whatever flow of energy is coming in. So thoughts are things to our body, to our mind, and to our spirit. You know, um, I can't remember exactly where Charles Fillmore first said that, but I know in 1998 I went to Harvard um, uh, to a course that Herbert Benson was teaching, How to Reduce Medical Symptoms Using Your Spirituality. That's unity. That's how unity was founded. Exactly. And I went, am I ever in the right place? And I didn't know what was calling me there. I didn't know. I just knew I had to be there because, um, as I say, I'm a closet scientist. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I um, in some circles, I'm out of the closet. <laughs> okay. So As a scientist. Huh? As a scientist. Well, you know, I, science fascinates me. Mm-hmm. So I love to research neuroscience, neurobiology, interpersonal relationships, because that's how we form a happy, healthy lives is through our relationship with ourselves, with our true spirit and with each other. Well, and as you said, unity was founded on the power of mind over body. Right. The power of thoughts to heal. And both of our founders, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, healed their physical bodies with their thoughts, metaphysically, uh, above and beyond the physical. And I, th- I think it's fascinating that science is catching up with them. Isn't it? And don't you think Charles would just love it? Oh, Wouldn't he love the neuroscience that we have today? Yes. It, it's just amazing to me. My two favorite... Um, neuropsychologists right now are Rick Hansen, mm-hmm. who... Happiness guy. Yeah, happiness guy. Um, and the good science behind um, uh, um, being happy, how you embrace being happy. And Dan Siegel, he is an interpersonal neurobiologist. And he has a wonderful website for any of you that are fascinated by the the recent advances in neurobiology and psychology. It's called Mind, M-I-N-D, site, S-I-G-H-T dot com. All the latest research, all the different information. But um, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I got involved in neuroscience and coaching because coaching is about how do you reflect to somebody else the best that you see in them while they're going through maybe sometimes the worst experience of their life. Right. Because we've all been there. Right. But it's not, it's not about um, uh, being a psychologist or uh, I, I more like to think of myself as a spiritual companion to people on the journey of life and how we can shift from the way um, life is happening to the way we would love to make it become. Because coaching is not therapy. Oh, absolutely not. 
absolutely not. And, you know, the good part about it is um, therapists appreciate working with a, with a coach, especially a coach that has that's interested in the spiritual development of the client as well, because that part is has often been pushed aside. Well, that's airy-fairy or mm-hmm, that's right. woo-woo, you know, um, and it's pretty woo-woo. <laughs> it awakens us to how powerful we really are. Um, so uh, today we're talking about how the mind works. So my, my premise is I'm going to show you how neuropsychology, interpersonal neurobiology, and um, uh, meta- metaphysics is all linked together. Each discipline is a little different than the other. So we honor the differences and then we see the way that we're linked together in order to integrate into a a wholeness, into a whole picture of how we can relate better with one another. This sounds more in-depth than change your thinking, change your life. It tends to be. (laughs) (laughs) I used to make me so frustrated when um, I'd hear people people speak about, well, is it a fear thought or is it a loving thought? And if you're having a fear thought, just change your thoughts. Yeah, really, have you tried? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, um, you can't. But what you can do is shift the focus of your attention because the mind works with intention. Intention focuses attention, what you're going to pay attention to, and then um, uh, creates a, a flow of energy thoughts around how you can best strategize to bring that into your life. The mind works that way if we stop it from its negativity bias, which we talked about several weeks ago. Right. It's in our DNA. It's in our DNA. Re- notice the poison berries, not all the others. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, and it's been there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it's, it's fascinating to know that the mind has a negative bias, that it is Velcro for the negative and Teflon for the good. Because here I've been in this um, metaphysical movement for a long time that talks about how powerful positive thoughts are to your sense of well-being. Well, I mean, we're already at a disadvantage if we've got a part of our brain that's focusing on what could go wrong, what's missing, am I safe, all those kinds of things. So when they come up, monkey mind's normal. We all got it. I've also heard a couple of scientists say, I'm thinking Joe Dispenza, for instance, Mm -hmm. That your body becomes accustomed to the chemicals that are created or released when you think those negative thoughts or when you think any thought. And so if you're in a rut about your own unworthiness or your fears for the future or whatever it is, your body gets so accustomed to it, it makes it that much harder to change your thinking. Exactly. You know, I talked about um, monkey mind was a term to describe um, Uh, the chatter in our mind that's like drunken monkeys swinging from tree limb to tree limb. Once we get far enough into the jungle, it's very difficult to swing our way into the open possibility again. Because we're so far 
down into the dark. <laughs> but I'm thinking you're just saying it may be difficult, but you're not going to let us off the hook. No. Uh-uh. Okay. No. <laughs> there are not dark forces. <laughs> right. But the fact of the matter is, what's so exciting to me is when I started, um, like, say, college, you know, during the time God is dead and all the, you know, it was really not cool to have faith. <laughs> um, uh we were taught the brain is basically formed by our mid-20s, and that's the way it kind of stays. Mm -hmm. So trying to change your brain is sort of worthless. You know, it's not going to really happen. You're only going to stay in a certain range. Well, wrong, wrong, wrong. But the thing is, at my age, it's harder to transform my mind than it would have been when I was five years old. It's just kind of because we're in that negative groove for so long. It's just like, um, um, you know, playing the same song over and over and over again in your head. Like you say, your body responds to the chemicals. The um, What am I thinking the word is? Not chemicals, but hormones. Hormones. Thank you very much. Um, that are secreted. And so it's a pattern that's logged into our body. And it drowns out that voice of wisdom we all have inside of us. You know, one of um, the quotes that inspires me uh, during the course of this whole idea of how do I transform what I'm thinking about right now into something that would be of value, mm -hmm. that would make me wake up even more to what my purpose is, is, um, is a, a George Bernard Shaw quote. And he says, this is the true joy in life, being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances, <laughs> complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. Oh, he <laughs> takes all the fun out of it. Clod of ailments and grievances. <laughs> but we all have those clods, right? We I mean, do. that's natural. And I guess that's really not who I want to be. I don't think so, Ellen. Not the way you show up <laughs> and not the way you behave. You are a woman that I know comes from an, an intention of creating greater good for more people, to be of service to the cha rapidly changing environment in which we find ourselves in now. And I think you're the kind of friend who would be willing to say, Ellen, you're being a clod today. Yes. <laughs> Is that the ailment we're going to focus on? <laughs> really? <laughs> Although a good coach knows you don't argue with somebody's monkey mind. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You don't try to talk them out of it? No. You you shift the focus of attention. Okay. You say, what is your intention, Ellen, today? You know, is that where you're going to focus your attention or do you want to whine some more? <laughs> Just like you would with a toddler. Yes. Here, look at this. Yes, exactly. An open, curious mind, as we said mm -hmm. uh, several weeks ago. That's the name of the game. An open, curious mind attached to nothing. Oh yeah, that's real easy. Attached to nothing? 
Uh-huh. Meaning that whatever happens is meant to be a part of your experience. So we might have an intention, um, like my intention is to be of service to people that are just caught in a fog. Mm -hmm. So knowing that that is my intention, um, do sometimes I run into situations where I'm not of service or I'm not as effective or successful as I'd like to be. Yeah, yeah. So not attaching that there's something wrong with my intention, per se. It's just I wasn't particularly skillful with a certain client. Right. I had a client um, last week uh, that had just come back from Omega Institute. Mm -hmm. And he had been at a workshop of Carolyn Misses. Nice. Mace, Miss? Yeah, it's really a hard name to pronounce. I think it's Mace. I think it's Miss. Okay. Or, or we, we, it's spelled M-Y-S-S. They know who we mean. Yeah. And she is a firecracker. I have loved this woman for 30-odd years because she calls it as she sees it. And he said, she's just downright scary. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that woke him up was here in a room of 200 people, she was talking about we have to change. It doesn't matter if we want to change or if we're comfortable with change. <laughs> we have to change, and we have to change every day because we're in such a rapid pattern of acceleration to something that nobody knows what it is. So we're all a little nervous and uncomfortable and anxious that that every day we should be looking at how we're doing things and do at least one thing differently than we did the day before. So those who can change, who are resilient, who have some neuroplasticity, just love that word, um, will will survive longer. You know, being afraid isn't the greatest motivator. Um, giving people information just allows them to stockpile it. But what you and I are hopefully about is helping people practice these principles that we know work for everybody. So she's saying the world is changing so fast and we as a human species are facing so many new things that we should check in every day with yes. ourselves to see how we're showing up. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is kind of scary, isn't it? Well, I'm willing to do it. I'm not sure what to look for. Ah, okay. So let's get into how the mind works. Okay. So we all have what I call structures of knowing. In fact, it's a term that, that I um, uh, was trained to use in Maria Nemeth's coaching model. Structures of knowing. It's your closely held beliefs, opinions, perceptions, emotions, um, uh, and conclusions that we make about things. You want an example? That sounds like a human personality. Yes, very much so. Okay. Human personality with the lens that they're looking at the, the life through. Okay, yes. Okay. So um, uh, we have a structure of knowing of what a good minister is. <laughs> we have a stereotype. Yes. 
Is that the same thing as a structure of yes, melling? Yes, it is. Okay. It is a stereotype. And, um, uh, and it's fun to look at. This is where an open mind and non-attachment comes in. Uh-huh. It's fun to look at our structures of knowing. Um, uh, and I love to discuss this with other ministers because we're held to a standard greater than <laughs> most people. And yet we are. We are like everyone else because we're all interconnected. So whatever role we say, ah, this is my intention to show up as a minister, doesn't mean our human personality just stops. Right. It means we have to be more responsible to our environment. And Hansen in Hardwiring for, for Happiness says that we have two modes of operating in our mind either responsively or reactively. So he gave them colors because on an MRI, they show up in different colors. Oh, uh-huh. So it's kind of, it's interesting. So red is reactive, and that comes from, as we've shared before, the amygdala, the reptilian part of our brain that none of us are going to avoid. Um, we just need to know how to tame it down how to get it to relax. And the responsive, which is is the creative problem-solving part of our brain, and that's green. So, you know, because I I love to have little um, ways of expressing things that keep me awake to what I'm saying, I call it red light, green light. Uh (laughs) Which light am I looking at right now? Um, And so, so we know that our automatically we will react because that is the first part of the brain that is engaged in in life. So we think that something happens in the outer world and then we form an opinion of it. Right. Wrong. We enter into the outer world with a preconceived conclusion or meaning that we take into our day. Like uh, this morning when I woke up, I didn't feel very well. And so, you know, my mind, oh, I'm not feeling very well. That's a conclusion I've made. So that's a um, that is the beginning of how I'm going to structure my mind throughout the day. So so my conclusion is I'm not feeling well. Then my mind will automatically start gathering evidence to prove that it's true. Yep. You're not feeling well, Carla. Look at all this evidence. Blah, 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 blah. Well, then what happens? All this evidence affects my behavior. And I can stop right there. I might not know the conclusion that I'm, I might not be as aware as I am right now that my conclusion is I'm not feeling very well. I might be a little confused about where it is, what, what conclusion I'm focusing on. So where I'm placing my attention. Remember, intention, attention, and then change. So that's how we can transform our mind. So if I, so anyway, back to I'm not feeling very well. Here's all the evidence to prove that. So I show up. Do I show up the way I love to show up, which is enthusiastic, awake, clear, and focused? 
no, I could show up a different way. That's not how I want to show up. It's not how I want to show up into my day and into my life. So then I can, um, I can, uh, uh, go to, well, what would be the green light, the responsive part? Well, here's what's really important to me today, that I'm on this radio show, that I'm available in a clear and focused way to our listeners, that I'm, I'm um, imparting information in a way that makes it practical to experience transforming your life. Okay, you, so, you look at me with questioning so eyes. So in unity, <laughs> in unity, we say a lot. You get what you expect. Uh, whatever you are holding in mind is what will show up for you. And I know now, is it called reticular activation mm -hmm. in the brain? That's what collects evidence to support what you already believe, right? Or what you're already focused on. So if you're thinking about buying the red car, you see red cars. That's exactly. the same thing. Or don't think about a pink elephant. <laughs> so if you are going into your day with, I don't feel good today, you'll gather lots of evidence for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Now, that doesn't deny... That you feel bad. That I don't feel, you know, 100%. But you still have a choice... Yes. ...about where to focus. Exactly. Okay. Red lens, green lens, red light, green light. Red light, green light. But I thought earlier you said it's hard to change your thoughts. You can't just, if you're in fear, for instance, you can't just pop out of it and say, no. well, I'll be positive about that. No, 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 no. So it's, okay, recognizing that I'm listening to a conclusion because our mind, our brain is always making up meaning out of what's happening around us. Okay, so I wake up, I don't feel 100%. So the immediate reaction is what's wrong, what's missing. Mm -hmm. um, um, and then I, then I, so then my perception is I'm not feeling very well today because that's the emotion that I'm caught in. Okay. So let's take a break there. Oh, okay. So that you can feel better. <laughs> you seem perfectly normal to me. But uh, we're up against a break. So let's hear these messages and we'll be back very shortly with Voices of Unity. I'm Ellen Devenport. the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation. Or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. 
Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell from Unity San Diego discussing change and transition. And as we begin to really identify the endings in our lives, to deal with them completely and wholly, to heal from them as we must, as we are willing to be in a time of not knowing, a time of uncertainty, but a time of trusting that there is a blueprint, there is a plan, there is a destiny. As we move successfully through these experiences, we will find that we are evolving and emerging into something new and different. And everyone and everything that has been happening in your life, both the things that are easy and good and pleasant, and those things that are challenging and painful and difficult, are drivers for your own evolution. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. If you've been on a spiritual path for a long time, what can you read that's new and exciting? Try Unity Magazine. It's designed for the seasoned spiritual student with in-depth articles and interviews about spiritual practices and philosophies. Our columnists share their own faith journeys and cover healing, science, and psychology with even a little scripture thrown in. You'll read some classic authors and some new ones. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. More and more people are interested in a vegan lifestyle, and the numbers continue to grow. Join Victoria Moran every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central for Main Street Vegan and learn how to make the shift to help animals and the planet. Each week, Victoria shares recipes, health tips, and interviews with celebrity vegans, experts, and activists. Learn how to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Right here on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen Devonport. And we are back with Voices of Unity. I'm Ellen Devonport talking with Reverend Carla McClellan, Coach Carla. This whole series is about designing your life, designing the life you would love to live. And so we're talking today about the inevitable piece of this, which is moving out of your own negative thoughts and into something better. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about... you When we started this series, Carla promised she would bring steps and tips for us to use. And so we've been talking about that, and I don't think we enumerated them. But you look at your conclusions like, I don't feel good today. It's going to be a bad day. Or that's the reaction. Or you can respond to it. I don't feel good today. Therefore, I will put more effort into showing up the way I would prefer. Love to show up. Yeah. So um, because we know that the brain will gather evidence to support whatever we're focused on. Mm-hmm. And that affects our behavior. So we 
we decide what we're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll begin to gather evidence for it. We'll begin to behave from that understanding. Mm-hmm. And then step four, which I think is about where we were, is remember your intentions. Intention drives attention. Which drives change. Okay. So pick up there. Okay. So um, we think of consciousness very simply. You know, don't we use that term in New Thought quite a bit? We throw it around a lot. A lot. Um, So what is consciousness? We um, like a blanket statement is awareness. But consciousness is more than just awareness, what we're aware of. It's got emotion with it, too. There is an emotional piece to it because consciousness is the flow of energy. Whether you, you know, so whether you're aware of, of where energy is moving through you, where there is resistance or, or maybe there is rejection or constriction of the flow um, affects how we behave throughout the course of the day. Like if I say um, the the first one, I'm not feeling very well today and I gather evidence to support that, then I'm behaving like a sick person. That's the way the mind works, right? Right. Principle number three. Our thoughts have creative power. Exactly. And you'll probably feel worse. Exactly. Because I've got to live into mm-hmm. that evidence I'm gathering. <laughs> <laughs> so... All right, so I'm awake enough and aware enough to know um, uh, that I can observe, oh, here's where I'm going with this evidence. You know, this is the emotion that is being raised in me. Um, Emotion um, is just energy in motion. So isn't that a lovelier way of thinking of emotion than, you know, if it's energy in motion, it will pass through me. Exactly. What a relief. Yay. Because usually I think of emotion as something that's just stirring around in there that I can't get rid of. Right. Right. And emotion um, is always created when we react to something. There's mm-hmm. always an emotion that would come up. Okay, what am I going to do with this? Right. Well, I'm going to run screaming through the forest or... <laughs> <laughs> or fire off an angry email. Yes. Or <laughs> say, you never listen to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All those wonderful responses that engage better relationships, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But we've all tried them. Yes. We can either um, frighten people and see how that works in a relationship, or we can inform people. Oh, I use that all the time. And you know what my husband says to me, Ellen? What? You're bossy. <laughs> oh, when you try to inform him? What I'm informing Doesn't him. he want the knowledge that you have? <laughs> Not always. <laughs> He goes, it doesn't always, and you're not always right. Oh. I know. And um, that is disappointing in, <laughs> for me. But what I'm really interested in is how we can use our minds to transform the world in which we're experiencing all this chaos in. Yes. You know, there's a lot of lack and limitation, as we've also talked about, in the world and also in our own lives. And so we're blocking energy in some way, not to beat ourselves up, not to judge ourselves, but just to say this is a fact. I think right now there are a lot of 
us mm-hmm. who would um, put our own dreams on hold if we thought we could fix the world. It just seems so crazy and dangerous and uh, mired in conflict and blame and victimhood and all those things we're seeing. And the question I keep hearing is, what is the spiritual response to this? Isn't it funny how many (laughs) discussions around, well, you know, if we're spiritual, we shouldn't be talking about politics. What are we talking about here? You know, it's we're part of the world. So spiritual principles work in our day-to-day living. We can't decide what um, we will or will not um, focus our attention on because if we are awake, we're seeing all of it. Oh, I thought the whole point was to focus our attention. It is. But remember, open mind, non-attached. So if we've got an intention personally, or, or let's go back to your idea of the dream. If we've got a personal dream, a personal goal, a personal vision, uh, I believe you said we oftentimes will put that aside for the greater good, uh, seeing how many problems there are in the world. We'll kind of put our dreams on hold. Right. Why should I be trying to self-actualize myself if Maybe I should be out there marching in the streets. Yeah, that's a really good question. And um, Dan Siegel, the interpersonal neurobiologist, um, uh, says because in order to integrate, it's a relationship is formed through intention, which focuses our attention, which evokes change or transformation. So if we put our own dream aside, then there's going to be resentment and frustration. We're not going to get the same satisfaction. What we do is expand our dream so that it serves a greater good. And for the 25 years I've been in unity, I've heard over and over, let peace begin with me. Yes. That what's going on in your own consciousness is the most important thing you can attend to. Yes. I just can't get everybody else to fix their consciousnesses. No, it's, 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 but. So that they'll see it the way I do. The fact is intention changes the vibration of energy through us and there's ripple effects out into the world. So if we can get 10 people to agree with us, a circle of trust, um, and vibrate that peace in me, and I vibrate that out into the world, there is a change affected in the world. If we can keep doing that long enough and people keep waking up, and there are the signs out there that more and more people are waking up, it depends where you want to look. Again, what's the conclusion? Right. So for me, it's not about politics or religion or science, I honor the differences in each paradigm, but I'm looking for the ways I'm linked to that. Do you know how the ways I'm, I'm like that? You know, what do we have in common? So it, I begin to look at the lens I'm looking at the person, the situation, or the circumstances with. Right, and I wanted us to get to that, the green lens Mm -hmm. that you view the world through, or green light, red light, 
So green lens. Green lens. What do you see if you're looking through a green lens? Um, if you're looking through a green, let me talk about a red lens first. Okay. Okay. And then we'll go to the green lens because I think that um, red lens, green lens is the qualities of each lens people can relate to. So a red lens says, and raise your hand if, if you believe this, there is something wrong with this person. This person doesn't have a clue doesn't have his or her answers. I do. And it's up to me to give them their answers. This person's motivation and commitment is questionable. <sighs> what does this mean? We are analyzing and interpreting the other person's behavior in the least favorable light. Sound familiar, anyone? I, I'm not going to raise my hand. <laughs> Mine's Both of mine are in the air. <laughs> and here's the kicker. And I hear this so much in our spiritually enlightened circles. Uh-oh. This person is a drain on me. This person just sucks the energy right out of me. How can they do that? Do they have a straw? <laughs> you know, there's... There are whole books written about energy vampires. I know, and I don't believe it. Really? I don't. I believe that you allow someone to suck the energy from you. There are choices or different responses you can make. But now we're switching to the green lens, okay? Because red lens, you're just making it about them. Yeah. Whether it's an individual or a political party or, or an organization right. or, or whatever, or a diagnosis or, you know, nothing's against you. Have you heard that before? I have. Nothing and no one. Nothing and no you. one. And that's wonderful if you can put that into practice. Um, nothing and no one is against me. Boy, does that stir up monkey mind. So let's go to the Greenlands. <laughs> right. Yes, it is. Let me prove it to you. Hey, hey, hey I've got evidence. <laughs> and uh, let me just interject that the book for that idea is Eye of the Storm. I like letter I. Eye of the Storm by Gary Simmons. It is. I really, truly believe it's a transformational book. If you really want to begin to wake up to yourself, that's an excellent book. And his wife's written one for teens. And have any of us known a more chaotic time? <laughs> Our teen years or somebody else's teen years we love? You know, it's crazy making. Yes, and the teens must be looking at the rest of us thinking, am I the only grown-up in the room? Exactly. <laughs> As my grandson says, you don't know it all, Nan. <laughs> kind of like your husband. Hmm. Hmm. There's a pattern here. Has anyone noticed it? <laughs> Okay, green lens. Okay, the green lens means that, you know, I behold the Christ in you. Non-spiritually, I see this person as a hero. They're already whole, perfect, and complete, just as they are. They're authentic self. So there's nothing to fix. So you're not in that energy mode of fixing. You're giving me a puzzled look. No, that was a cringe. Oh, <laughs> Yes. So if we believe that we are whole, perfect, and complete um, spiritually, then that's how we treat each other. 
as whole, perfect and complete. Now we do have chattering minds and we do have evidence we're gathering and we do have behaviors that don't work for us that might be working against us. But if you're looking at the person across from you as a hero on a hero's journey, because really it takes nothing less than heroic measures to make it through this rapidly changing time we're living in, right? Most people are just trying to survive rather than live their dreams. Yes, true. And so, you know, for me to, to, to be in this mode, but your dreams can come true too, <laughs> um, uh, touches a core of the wholeness and completeness there is within everybody. So, you know, I've preached this. Um, in unity, we don't like to say we preach. I've given lessons and talks on this. I'm a preacher. <laughs> I, that everyone is divine. Everyone is whole, perfect, and complete. That their true essence is. And it may be covered up by a personality that is unpleasant or even destructive. And no one wants to believe that terrorists are divine. Right. But... So it's not about behavior. No. Because people hear you're divine and think, then therefore I have to be perfect. No. no. We're not talking about that. But I still have to deal with their personality. Yes. And there's where choice comes in. Okay. So if you see them as someone who needs you to fix them, what's your energy like, Ellen? Bossy. <laughs> <laughs> and are you, do you feel like you're in a flow of energy that is interconnected? No. So our goal is to go for harmony and satisfaction and perhaps even joy in relationship. So if I look at somebody as you're already complete, uh, there's nothing I have to do to fix you. How am I? My mind is open, my heart is open, my body is open, and I am paying attention to the perfection in you rather than where you're missing the mark. So let me just say yes, but one more time. Okay. That makes me feel really vulnerable. Yeah. If I go in with an open heart and mind, knowing that this person is divine, but they're covered up with a personality that could harm me, Am I not just opening myself up to harm? No, but you're opening yourself up. You choose whether it's harm or whether it's uh, spreading the light, the love, the, the divine quality that you represent. Each one of us have a contribution to make. So when faced with difficult personalities, there the powerful questions come into play. Remember we talked about Talked those. about powerful questions, yeah. So we ask ourselves, what's my intention here? Where do I want to focus my attention? You know, I see everybody go namaste. And, you know, after they've, <laughs> you know, sort of told people where they're wrong. You know, it's, it's namaste is a attitude of relationship in which you're honoring differences and allowing for yourself to see what connects you because we're all human okay so just because somebody else has a ob ob obnoxious personality you think 
there's maybe somebody out in the world, I don't think it's possible, but maybe somebody out in the world who thinks you have an obnoxious personality. No. Well, I know. I know. It's just a, it's a myth. So let's get on with how we want to be creative with one another. Yeah. Okay. But I just will acknowledge I, when you said that about namaste, I heard myself having said, sure, I know they're divine, but they're wrong. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. I don't want to stay here too long. So knowing when we question somebody's commitment and motivation, we have no right to do that. Because that's just a story we've made up in our brain. We don't really know what they're committed to and what motivates them. So why not assume, make the assumption that each person has goals and dreams and a desire to make a difference. Because that's been proven, um, is that we all long to make a difference in the world. And some of us long in different forms than others. But we all have dreams and goals. We don't all have the same, but we were, we have the possibility of, of creating something new if we're willing to know that we all want to make a difference. And I would say we have a lot of the same goals. Mm -hmm. And I used to make this argument back when I was a political reporter. Yes. That the political parties want the same things. We want peace. We want health care. We want good education. Uh, we want a country where everyone is free to become whatever they want to become. All those things. We disagree on how to get there. Yes. Yes. And unfortunately, you know, where we are right now is is monkey mind engaging monkey mind. Reaction, reaction, reaction. Yeah. And so when we react, we see we're not as effective as when we learn how to creatively respond together. Like I acknowledge that that you're a hero, that you've got dreams and goals and you want to make a difference. Um, so I honor that you do it differently, but I look for the common good that which will create an environment where people can um, increase their well-being, their sense of, of purpose, their sense of value in the world. And fighting just, I mean, we've seen it since time began. Fighting is a normal response, but not creative. And so often I think our anger is based on our belief that their motives are bad. Exactly. And we see that a lot in politics right now. Well, they just want to destroy the country. Exactly. Uh, so nobody wants to destroy Nobody them. wants to destroy no. it. We all, you know, they didn't enter into politics to fight other than to fight for what they believed was the best way to move the country forward, right? Yeah, it, I've known a lot of politicians, and they really did get into it to make life better for uh -huh, people. Uh-huh. So the conclusion, we go back to how the mind works. What conclusion we're holding, um, and it's really, I think the reason we hate getting, uh, as spiritual leaders, we hate getting into political discussions is because of the fact that... Um, uh, that you have to make a stand for or against. Or do you? Or do you? Or do you? 
And so that becomes the question. What is mine to learn here? How do I intend to respond to what's going on in the world? I think that if we're clear about our mission and what's important to us, our our values, and we come from those intentionally, there's a greater wisdom that will begin to emerge. Not one person has the answer. Not one party has the answer. And that's why we're caught in this confusion state because not only do we have a core, an essence of wholeness and perfection and completeness and a personality, but guess what else we have? What? A shadow. Oh. We all have a shadow. And the shadow needs to be integrated back into the wholeness. So we need to be able to dance with our shadow and know just as I'm dancing with the shadow parts of me, so how do I honor that other people have the right to express from the shadow, but find a way to communicate, it, to have a relationship, to relate at a higher way of, of being, which is to come from um, the idea of peace and harmony and creativity and generosity. So shadow work could be a whole nother show. It sure could. Uh, and we have about three minutes left. Oh so I want to make sure we finish with oh, the let's. green lens. Cause, so my question is, am I supposed to be learning something here? These people who drive me crazy... Yes, they are. They're they're, master teachers. I hate that. I know. I know. Because here's what we do as human beings. We project into others that which we are afraid to look at in ourselves. Oh. So if I'm seeing the bad behavior in someone else, ooh, wait a minute. I have to check myself out and to see where have I behaved like that or when have I behaved like that or... um, If I don't take it into myself, if I just say, well, I'm more spiritually evolved, then what happens is we don't learn anything from the interchange. And we have a relationship with somebody with a nasty personality for our learning and our growth or for their learning and growth. Oh, we may be teaching them, too. Yeah. So there's an energy exchange. What do we want our energy to be towards them? That will shift. If we're looking to what we don't like, then we're going to get more of what we don't like. Right? Right. Law of mind action. We'll gather evidence. Yep. If we're looking for, oh, wait a minute. You know, there's something about this person I do like. Huh. Different vibration, different possibility, different intention, and something shifts. It usually shifts for both of you. It doesn't necessarily shift in the same time frame. So the bottom line here is in order to have a healthy body, healthy mind, and express spirit, we need to treat others with dignity and respect, no matter what. That's hard. It is. And it's uncomfortable as... I'll get out. But as I've said before, what spiritual discipline says you're supposed to be comfortable your whole life and things are supposed to go your way? 
I thought if I was spiritual enough, I could create a life with my thoughts that would make me happy all the time. Isn't that cute? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, our faith takes um, many levels of development. And, And I think, you know, at some level, that's the way we enter into new thought. Oh, I can manifest this, this, and this. But the higher principle is... For the good of all, the greater good of all concerned, I can manifest a life of my dreams. Okay. we are Once again, we are out of time. We have one more show in this series where we get to enjoy and celebrate everything we've been learning with Carla. Tell us one more time what your website is. LifeCoachCarla.com. That's easy. We'll be back next week. I'm Ellen Devonport. I'll be back with Carla McClellan for Voices of Unity. for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.